get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. So here in St. Louis, it has been said multiple times over by the front office that they're looking for pitching, pitching, and more pitching going into this offseason. And that's really the only place where this free agent market appears to be pretty decent. As you took a look into the pitchers that are available, especially on the starting side of things, Tim, how would you categorize this free agent market? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly way better on the pitching side of things than the position player side of things. Uh, if you're St. Louis, you know, it, it's never comfortable going into an offseason wanting to sign three different pitchers and, and probably needing to sign your number one, number two, and number three. Uh, but, but this is not a bad offseason to be doing that. You, you know, there's no – I don't think there's really a slam dunk number one starter here. I think most people would probably rank Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the, the best available starting pitcher, in part because he's only 25 and you don't see starting pitchers hit the open market at 25 ever. Uh, and so that that's his main carrying tool. And, and look, he's been better in uh, Japan than pretty much anyone who's ever come over here. Uh, better than Masahiro Tanaka was before he signed his huge deal with the Yankees. Uh, a fair amount better than Kodai Senga was before he signed his deal with the Mets. And, you know, might get Cy Young votes off of his rookie season last year. So I think Yamamoto is probably at the top of the class. But then you've got a guy in Blake Snell who's probably going to win his second Cy Young this year. Does it in a different kind of way, uh, a way that not everybody loves to watch, but gets the job done. And then, you know, Aaron Nola is kind of the, the other side of it where the guy just really pretty consistent results, gives you innings, makes every start. He hasn't missed a start for injuries since May of 2017, uh, which is uh, just a crazy run. Uh, and so, like, those, those three guys are probably at the top of the market. But even below that, you've got Sonny Gray, who had more wins above replacement than anyone uh, on this list. Uh, in free agency from the pitching side of things last year. You've got Jordan Montgomery, who you guys are familiar with, obviously, in St. Louis. Uh, and you've got a lot of kind of those depth options of, of guys who might fit, who, who have had good seasons and have had bad seasons, and you, you try to hit on the, the right ones. Tim, I want to hone in on Yamamoto because he, of course, is a player in St. Louis that Cardinals fans are really adamant about the Cardinals pursuing. And I'm asking this question because you are you cover the New York Mets, so you're, you, you have that intel on that team. Are we talking about a Mets team, a Yankees team, these big markets going heavy after a Yamamoto? And do you think the Cardinals can kind of stay in the race with those teams? Yeah, you know, like that, that's the thing that's hard to gauge about uh, a guy like Yamamoto is because of the age, because he's only 25, he fits for so many more teams than a usual guy you're talking about a $200 million deal for. You know, he fits for more teams than Shohei Otani because there's only so many teams that are going to pay $400, $500 million for Otani. There are a a larger number of teams that that will be willing to spend probably the $200 million it takes for Yamamoto. So, you know, if you're the Mets, for instance, they're a team that has said, you know, maybe we're not going to go all out in free agency this year the way we have the past couple. But, hey, this is a 25-year-old. He fits your timeline, too. Uh, If you're a team that is kind of on the, the rise coming up, and maybe you're not ready to sign uh, Aaron Nola because by the time you're going to be good, he's going to be on decline. Well, here's a guy who fits your timeline better. Uh, so I think that's going to be the, the interesting thing with Yamamoto's market is, is it driven just by the usual suspects, uh, the Dodgers at the top, the Mets, the Yankees, or are there more teams that, are, that say, hey, this is the rare opportunity to get in on the ground floor of an, a, a guy who's shown great results uh, in Japan and, and can do that here, uh, and we're going to spend a little bit more because of that. You're getting more prime years because of that. 
Tim, we had somebody on the text line say, guys, ask him how his predictions did last year. I'm not going to have you toot your own horn, but I'll go ahead and do it for you. Your predictions were remarkably similar to the contracts that were actually given out via the pitching side of things last year. Like Rodon, you had at five years and 160. He got six and 162. Verlander, you had right on with a two and 87. Bassett, you had three and 67. He ended up going for three and 63. If there is somebody on this list that you think you were low on, that he will end up getting more than what you're projecting him to receive, who do you think that is most likely to be? Uh, there's a few that stand out. I think Yamamoto and, and Shota Imanaga, who's the other pitcher who, who's coming over from Japan. You know, I haven't done this for uh, pitchers coming over from Japan before. So uh, I'm a little less certain on how they'll be valued, how teams look at the posting fee. You know, I projected Yamamoto for seven years and $203 million. That includes that, – that's – there's a $32 million posting fee on top of that. So it's really seven for 235 from a team perspective. Uh, but, you know, I can imagine his contract going even higher because, again, of his age. Uh, the, the other guy is, is maybe Jordan Montgomery, who I said for five and 105. That's kind of where he fits statistically. But because of the way he finished his season, uh, I think he changed a lot of people's perspectives of him uh, and, and the way he performed in the playoffs. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me if, if teams looked at the prices for Blake Snell and looked at Jordan Montgomery and said, you know what, there's not as, as big a difference there as, as you might think. And, and Montgomery ends up at five for 115, five for 120, maybe even a sixth year. What about the inverse of that? Who's the guy that you put down the projection? You're like, man, I, I could just see this where teams aren't as interested as we expect them to be. Who, who is that guy for you? Uh, the, the one that surprised me when I looked at it statistically was Lucas Giolito. I, I projected him at four for $70 million. And I'll be honest, you know, like when I go into this, I just kind of think like, okay, what off the top of my head, what should this guy get? And with Giolito, it was like, you know, two years, $30 million, something like that. Uh, and then you look at the numbers and you say, okay, this is a guy who's, who's pretty consistently healthy. Uh, at his worst, he's giving you innings, which is something that every team can use. And he's, you know, two and three years removed from being one of the better pitchers in the American League. So you can say his floor isn't that bad. His floor is not, you know, where he's not pitching for you at all. Uh, and his ceiling is still, he's not that far removed from it. You can explain away the struggles he had down the stretch last season with being traded to, to Anaheim and then being waived and sent to Cleveland. Like, that's a, that's a weird season for him. Before that, he, he had been pretty good with the White Sox. So, I, you know, I think I can talk myself into <laughs> the projection I got to, but I know when I, I sat down, I said, you know, maybe it's this. Man, I, I don't know that I would spend that right off the bat, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see how, how the market goes for him. So, Tim, when I look at Aaron Nola, because that's the other one that, that Cardinals fans, me included, is very high on because they need top-of-the-rotation stuff, and Nola has provided it. But with your projection looking at about $30 million per year, is the juice worth the squeeze with Nola at that year with that amount of money? It really depends on how you look at uh, kind of his last three seasons. You know, you, you, obviously you value the innings he gives you and that availability that we talked about. But you say, man, two of the last three years, he has been, his ERA has been higher than the league average, which is not what you want. Um, but then you look at what he did in the playoffs and you say, okay, like the stuff is still there. The strikeout rate's down a little bit. It, it's, he's not, you know, going to have his prime season. He's probably not going to win you a Cy Young. Uh, he's not going to be in the top three the way he was in, what, 20, 2018, I think, with the Phillies. Um, you know, maybe he's not that guy quite again. I, don't, I think he was a fourth place finisher in 2022. Um, but, you know, that, He's maybe not your prototypical ace, but he's he's a very good one A, one A or one B. The way he's been with Zach Wheeler in Philadelphia, uh, so I, I think 
you know, when you're when you're paying for for pitchers in free agency, you're going to pay uncomfortable prices. Um, and I think there there's a lot of people who say uh, that you know those contracts never work out. And then you look at the guys who have signed the biggest deals in free agent history as pitchers, and often either they win a Cy Young or their team wins a World Series. You look at you know David Price in Boston didn't seem like it worked out. His team won the World Series. He might he was as good as anyone in that postseason for them. Uh, you look at Max Scherzer in Washington, Justin Verlander, that Detroit contract, he won a Cy Young and a World Series. It just happened in Houston. Um, you know, Zach Greinke in Arizona didn't feel like that contract would work out. He was pitching in Game 7 of the World Series, again, for another team, but still performing really well. Uh, so I think those contracts work out better than a lot of people think they do reputationally. Tim Britton is our guest here on 101 ESP, and he covers the Mets for The Athletic, writes about baseball, though, overall, and had his projections on what he expects pitchers to get. They were very, very accurate last offseason, so we've been using them to kind of talk about some of these free agents going into this offseason. Tim Britton, our guest here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Tim, the other thing that I did want to ask you a little bit about is if – if I put you in John Mosellock's shoes for a moment, right? We all do this going into the offseason. What, what would I do if I was in this spot? If I said, Tim, you've got $50 million as your budget, and you've got to go out there and add two starters via this free agent market. We're going to trade for one other guy, but we're going to get two starters via this free agent market. How, who would you be targeting? How would you allocate that money? Um, you know, I, I think – the, the guy who I think might be undervalued a little bit is Sonny Gray because of the way he performed. You know, he was, like I said, as good as anyone on this list last season uh, with Minnesota. And it's not going to take quite as much to get him. Um, you know, you can finagle. He's probably going to get like a three-year deal. Uh, I think I projected him at three years and, and $72 million. Uh, if you want to give him a fourth year, you can lower that average annual value or, or, or tinker with it that way. But I think he's a guy who's, again, probably not your – prototypical number one horse at the top of a rotation you know there's like three or four of those guys in baseball anymore um i don't know i don't know who behind garrett cole you 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 classify as that so i I think gray would be a good target and then i think you know you play in the market for nola you see where that goes uh you know he's another guy that maybe it doesn't take quite 30 million dollars a year or maybe you give him a seventh year to lower the, the average annual value uh, and if that doesn't work out, then I probably look at, at Jordan Montgomery because uh, I, you know, I think if you're looking at fifty million dollars as your cap, I don't know that you can afford uh, Yamamoto, especially with the posting fee. Tim, final one from me in terms of bullpen arms, because this is another area that the Cardinals really need some help in. Who intrigues you that's available with their expected contract in mind? Other than Hater, they're, they're yeah. Not don't going say Hater because <laughs> nobody wants that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, honestly, Jordan Hicks is, is really intriguing just because it seemed like it finally came all together for him. I, I'm sure you guys don't want to hear that that much. That <laughs> I really right don't, Tim. Alex doesn't. I like Jordan Hicks. I like guys that throw 102 in his bat suddenly. I've ridden that mechanical bull, Tim, and it kicks me off every time. Why get back on it again? And, and I, I do think like that that'll be an interesting like I'm interested in how many years he gets. Like what I, I feel like there's probably one team that really buys into that. I also thought that he was going to get more. He was going to bring St. Louis back more at the trade deadline than he ultimately did in that deal with Toronto because of that. Uh, The other guy is is probably Robert Stevenson, uh, just because of what he looked like down the stretch in Tampa. You know, the the ERA was like 2.8 or something uh, over the final three months with the Rays. Uh, But the strikeout rate was ridiculous. The whip was, was really good. You know, it's always a question of, like, how much of that is real in a small sample reliever uh, appearance, uh, and especially when it's like with Tampa Bay or with, with the Dodgers, like 
you know, how much can you carry over from those teams that always get the best out of their guys? Uh, but if, if part of that is real, then, then you can get a, a really good uh, late, late game reliever uh, on the open market. Tim, we'll get you out of here on this. One of the guys that we've talked a lot about this offseason is Tyler Glass now. He's got a one-year deal worth $25 million. Now, he's he's not a free agent, of course. He's going to be available via the trade market. But And I know this is a tough spot to put you in because you haven't done the research. But if, if you had to project just based on your own beliefs, what do you think he would get if he was a free agent this offseason, Tyler Glass now? Ooh, uh, I mean – because he had a very good year this year and he missed the, the previous season or most of it. Um, I would say, I mean, that that's probably, uh, I'd have to look up exactly how old he is uh, to, to determine the length of the deal, but I would think it's probably something in the range of, of 25-ish million dollars per season for four-ish four years, something like that, just off the top of my head, um, four for 100. Um, but, but maybe more than that, you know, obviously the potential is there and, and we've seen him when he's healthy, uh, he's about as good as anyone. Uh, but, uh, there's, there's still some health risks, health risks there, uh, with him and, and really with a lot of guys who, who have pitched for Tampa Bay lately. Yeah. Going in, going into his age 30 season, this upcoming year, it, it feels like he has not been around that long because he doesn't pitch very many innings, which goes back to that injury <laughs> risk that you were discussing there. But, um, he's, he's a little bit older than maybe, uh, some would expect. Hey Tim, this has been great, man. We've been using a lot of your projections on the show for the last couple of years. Uh, always enjoy when they come out. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today and enjoy the off season, man. Oh, no, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. And, and it's going to be a fun one in St. Louis and a whole lot of other places, too. <laughs> you, are, you are lying, certainly for your Mets as well.